This is The Balanced Dilemma. We tackle the often uniquely, but not always, female dilemma. Managing life, work, family, and self. I'm Maura Carlin. And I'm Christy Derrico. We're reaching out to women and men to hear their balanced stories. What worked, what didn't, and what takeaways they have to help improve our lives and achieve balance. Today, our guests are Susanna Keith and Sonal Ranello, and they are the founders of Hello Career Guru, and they're going to tell us about their new business venture. Susanna, Susanna Keith, I'm going to give you a brief bio. She was raised in Bristol, Tennessee, graduated, graduated Bryn Mawr College, has an MBA in marketing from NYU, worked in brand marketing at Sterling Winthrop, Revlon, Com Inc., co-founder and CEO of Sky Concepts Marketing Innovation Company, and lives locally here in Rye. And just to top it off, has three lovely children. <laughs> and Sonal Ranello went to the University of Illinois, where she has a BS in, get this, aerospace engineering, not something we hear often, and an MBA from Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management. Uh, she has been, she was at PricewaterhouseCooper and Global Strategy and took positions after with Avon and uh, L'Occitane and Doctors Dermalogic Formula in all kinds of marketing. She, too, has extensive community involvement um, including teaching classes, PTA, local sports, and so on. Christy, why don't you tell us about uh, Hello Career Guru briefly? Well, I was looking on the web, and on their website, they have some great information. Hello Career Guru uses artificial and human intelligence to help clients achieve C-suite insights, identifying skills, behaviors, and innovations that build capabilities from advance for advancement, regardless of age, race, income, or geography. So we're going to start with asking you guys to explain what what are you referring to when you talk about the C-suite and why is it important? The C-suite are women who are in executive jobs like COO, CEO, CMO, etc. And they're the women that are leading the way running companies. And while women are 47% of the workforce, they're only 5% of the C-suite. So that's why we're focusing on the goal of the problem of getting more women into the C-suite. When you talk about the C-suite, do you can do you include board directorships? No, usually it's the, the top titles. Directors are women who are striving to get there. Okay. And when you talk about achieving insights, is this teaching them the skills to get to that point or to understand the role of those who are in the uh, C-suite? More a great question. Um, what our, our product is built upon is a data set of C-suite insights of women in those top roles. And then those C-suite insights are developed into key pillars of learning, such as learnt leadership skills, behaviors to innovate, um, innovations to achieve. What happens is these are then delivered based upon key attributes that a woman should have, and then a woman is taught how to develop these skills. So that's how the executive insights work. Are there particular? If I jump in. I think one of the things that's really interesting for us. Again, we've you know been in the workforce for a number of years, and you're always looking for guidance on what are the things you need to be developing in your current role, but really with an eye towards the future. 
So, you know, not everyone wants to be at the top, top of their of their profession necessarily. There are lots of great roles at the mid to upper mid level, directors, vice presidents. But you can always benefit from understanding what it takes to be better and bring your best self to your job. So by, by tapping into this wealth of information of women who've been there, we're really just trying to provide guidance in a meaningful way for individuals to continue their own development. They may be getting it through their workplace. They may have an executive coach. They may simply, you know, talk to friends and, and others. But we've really tried to codify it and make it easy so women can have access to those kinds of insights on their terms, no matter where they are in their career. Are there particular women in the C-suite who you follow or think should be the role models? Oh, there's many. Like, if you look at, like, an Indra Nori, um former chief executive of Pepsi, um, Shelly Arkenbaugh, the first black tech CEO in Silicon Valley, and she recently wrote a book, Unapologetically Ambitious. Another one that I love, who's local, is Brian Hauser, former CEO of People Inc. She's wrote The Myth of the Nice Girl, and these are all women who figured out how to balance it all but still move the ball forward in their organizations while mentoring other women. Well, I have found in the programs I've gone to with Susanna and that women are very good at juggling, okay? And that's something that is particular to female entrepreneurs and leaders. And do you have you found that with the women that you're working with or the women who you've uh, used as mentors? Yes, definitely. Women are very good at juggling. You know, we have to manage it all, especially right now with the technical pandemic or even C-session, as people are calling it. Women have had to drop out of the workforce because they're dealing with their children in in school, remote learning, family, um, etc. So I definitely find that the women that we're working with are trying to figure out how to find balance while juggling work. And everything together. In fact, women have dropped from 60% of the workforce to 47% of the workforce over the last year. Right. It's a statistic, unfortunately, that we've repeated often on this show. But, you know, it's interesting. Um, we started here with defining what C-suite was. And, you know, on a, a more micro level, I mean, we're talking right now to two women who are their own C-suite. And I had not considered that the women in my life who owned businesses of varying sizes, they were in the C-suite, so to speak. Right. They were the COOs, CEOs, CFOs of their companies. And sometimes it can be a little bit unnatural for women to learn these lexicons that are part of the business uh, you know, formula. So from what I'm gleaming here, learning these concepts and understanding these goals in, in terms of the framework. And by the way, one of words, one of the words that you guys use that we love is lattice work. I mean, really, this is the lattice work of women climbing this corporate ladder. But it sounds like you're educating women in these terms and how they can become part of it to achieve their goals, if I'm understanding correctly. Yes. Great. So what inspired you girls to come up with this fabulous business concept what was the inspiration what you were having coffee together and saying we got to do this how did it start how it started was um i coming out of nyu business school i've been mentoring women for over 25 years as Zonal has and i became very frustrated with the fact that 
friends and colleagues were putting their head on the glass ceiling. They weren't, they were getting passed over for the big promotions, whether it was a top female executive or even entrepreneur. And I felt that I needed to address this problem. So I started a group called Women in Innovation, which had a series of six panel events and Christy even came to one. I will and say that Christy talks about it a lot. Yes. It was <laughs> she, inspirational she to me. So go ahead. Women in Innovation. So Women in Innovation had these great six panel events. And we had C-suite women talking about how they could innovate in their career, how they could find balance, and what skills and traits were needed to get ahead. And based upon that, I surveyed some women and found that there was a real need for a career trainer so then I went out and did a poll with a company called No In- Insights, which is very much like Gallup Research, mm-hmm. and they found that 78% of women wanted a career trainer, 73% would, would purchase it, and then 66% would use it more than once a week. So that showed that there was an urgent need for women to get career guidance as well as a frequent need. So then in turn, we found a hello guru, and I brought in Sonal, who I've known for over 20 years. All right, hold that thought. We'll be right back after the break. You are listening to The Balanced Dilemma. We're speaking with the founders of Hello Career Guru. Susanna, you were telling us why the need for this. Why don't you continue? So what was really exciting is once we had done consumer research to show that there was a real problem to be addressed, I put together a team of Sonal Renault, who's on the phone today, who I've known for over 20 years, Karen Keene, who's also a Rye mom, who I've known for since business school, I want to think myself, and then um, Tom Beauchamp, who I've known for over 20 years. And our team together has worked really hard to bring the local group to market with the mission to empower all women, no matter what age, background, income, race, or geography. So I think some women would find it very interesting. Many of us have ideas, but actually bringing an idea to a a business and online, how does that happen? How did an idea germinate into something that was a real business? Well, personally, coming on board, Susanna had already done a lot of the legwork that most people would think that is part of the process, right? So identifying the need, doing the research, actually building a prototype Uh, so that consumers could provide some initial feedback. So honestly, she had done so much of the heavy lifting that when I came on board, it was really like, what expertise did each of us have? And in those respective areas, what do we think we need to do to now move us from an idea to launch? And an integral part of that, if you're developing a technology product, is we have an amazing tech partner who's actually also an equity investor. And that was a critical piece that came together. Interesting, that word equity. Did you do uh, fund uh, crowdfunding or did you reach out to private investors? How, how did the, the money part of this work for your business? I think a really exciting thing is that all sorts of crowdfunding options are available for women now. And we used a group called I Fund Women hmm. and raised over $30,000 to produce our beta. And then we went on to build the big product. We could get outside investors as well as traffic. Great. And beta, tell me what that means to, to, so our listeners can be informed. What, what is beta? 
when you develop a technology product, rather than spending all the money and going out and developing the big thing, what you do is you do a smaller scale down version of it and you test it among hundreds of users. So the two so of you, you know, have building the right thing before you spend the money. Got it. So the two of you have experience in marketing. Did you have experience in, in raising money? Because that's kind of a different skill set. Yes, doing the iFund Women crowdfunding where we had to raise money there. And then I've done a lot of fundraising over the years from when I started Twig Inc., a big non-for-profit that took over when United Hospital went out of business and raised money for a local ambulance board to the PTO, to being on the Rye Arts Center board, etc. So I had experience doing it from the not-for-profit side. You know, and I, I want to take a moment to interject here because this was, uh, I, I cruised over some of your bio. You have the real, you know, bona fides when it comes to community organizations. And Susanna, just to be clear, you didn't just do a bake sale. You raised, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on behalf of these organizations that you worked for. And if I understand you correctly, you're saying that even when you're in a a phase in your life where you're working for community involvement, that is giving you skills that can be parlayed into something like this, which is a real business venture. Completely, yes. And I I also forgot to mention that I did fundraising when I ran for local city council where I was deputy mayor. And then when I ran for the next level up county legislator, I also had to raise money. So I have quite a bit of experience in that area. And Sonal, your background is uh, in the corporate realm. You worked for one of my favorite products, L'Occitane, and they have the best hand lotion, I I must say. And you really uh, tapped into, which is oftentimes a a female arena of beauty products. And um, I also read you merged your love of sports with beauty products, and that worked well for you. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So, you know, it's interesting because, you know, as you highlighted I studied engineering as an, you know, early on in life. And, you know, one of the messages I want to share with people, regardless of where they are in their life, is life is so unpredictable that you may think you have a plan or wish you had a plan, but you just never know where the journey will take you. And I was always a planner. And so for me to fully realize that um, this is how life goes it's actually been a really interesting growth moment, <laughs> and uh, I want everyone to know that it's okay and it's all going to work out. Um, but one of the reasons Susanna pulled me in, even though much of my career was in beauty, which I very much had a passion for as a consumer, and I thought made me better at my job, so I was fortunate in that respect. I also had a passion for thinking about how do we help women as they're navigating their career. So one of the things Susanna knew I had done is I had actually started an entrepreneurial venture several years ago on my own, and that was called Job Genda. I wrote a book for job seekers, for female job seekers in particular. And what why I did that was I was looking to go back to work at that time after doing project work for years And it was really hard to navigate all the pieces of the puzzle that you really need to effectively to have an efficient job search. Um, Most of the jobs I'd had had come through school or networking. 
and I needed to dust off some new skills. So I wrote this book. I started to run workshops, and then one of my clients hired me full time. So I put some good karma in the universe. I got a job, but I wasn't able to move forward with job agenda. So fast forward five years, Susanna approaches me with this idea of more tools in the toolkit for women, and I was all in. Well, it sounds so, like you had the real background for it. So you both now have raised how you learned and got experience from your volunteer work or from things that you weren't necessarily doing in the corporate world. Can we talk about how important it is to keep doing things even if you've opted out of the workforce and what you can learn from that? I think you can definitely get amazing skills and training by being involved in a local charity board, especially your local PTO, because it keeps you active and keeps you, um, you know, deploying, whether it's management skills or finance skills or negotiation. It really just helps you find your voice as well as give you fulfillment so that you have these things on your resume for the next step. Well, that's a really good thing to interject. This is The Balanced Dilemma. We're talking to the founders of Hello Career Guru. Uh, Hey Mama is having an event, and the topic is the question I want to ask you about. It's called, it's how to put motherhood on your resume. And I'm sure you two have advice about how to use the skills that you've developed or what you've done when you were out of the workforce to help you get back into the workforce. Absolutely. A great question. One we've all wrestled with uh, during our um, careers as mothers. And honestly, I think you have to take control of how you feel about your role as a mother and what you've been able to contribute to your community. Um, There's a great book I'm reading now. It's called Stop Apologizing. And I think that message resonates with this point is you're doing great things and either you're hopefully using skills you've got to some good, or I know women who started to take on volunteer roles to build out skills they don't have that they think they would like to have. So those are two great reasons and and opportunities to talk about um, and put put on your resume. I I really think it's a mindset shift that we sort of generationally as mothers have to understand that there's value in what we do and we need to talk about it as if we believe that. Christy has used a term with one of our guests who was struggling with the juggle about thinking of the time as a time to tread water as you're trying to keep yourself in but not a hundred percent what do you think of that idea of it being like treading water until you can fully emerge i absolutely love that idea and i will say for myself i always loved reading business magazines or business articles so i did that even i mean you'll laugh but when my son was an infant, I would read to him from the New York Times article that I found interesting. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. And um, not the comics, and so, right? Um, and I actually think our platform, which, you know, can apply to a, 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 any number of women, but even for those who aren't currently in the workforce, what we do is we serve up curated content, hopefully in an area they find interesting, and even just staying on top of, you know, who's out there, what they're saying, what are trends in the area of your interest are really great things that you can talk about when your time comes. So you don't feel like you've not spent any time and attention in terms of your career or career interests. And then all of a sudden you want to go back to work in a more traditional way 
and you've got this huge learning curve. I, I think it's about just staying connected. You know, Sonal, I think you've hit on so many strong points. You know, the stop apologizing. We're our own worst enemies. And women are so quick to say, well, I haven't done anything. I've just been home with the kids. And that is a really ridiculous concept that is not fully embracing everything women do. I've been on committees where I am floored by the use of uh, Excel to organize an organization's, uh, you know, finances or something to that effect. Or the families. That's right. I've used that, too, for my kids' schedules. But we really need to uh, applaud ourselves and try to incorporate those skills into the resume and rely upon other women to help us do that and, and push ourselves forward and stop holding ourselves back. Absolutely. Susanna, I know we touched on this at the beginning, but can you really talk to us about your concept of career latticing? Yes. um, What career latticing means, and I think this is so important when women think about their career and to find fulfillment and success, is that often it's not always a step forward, right? Like you're not always getting the next promotion and the next promotion and the next promotion, Latticing means that you're going to sometimes take a vertical. Sometimes you might take a step down, like say when you want to spend time raising your children, and then you go back on, and then you can continue to build. So it almost, you know, forms a latticing of like a rose trellis, right? Yes. Where you put it all together for one piece to kind of help you achieve your long-term goals. And that's why we developed Hello Career Guru is it's critical to have a long-term goal. You know, for women who are looking for new jobs, just don't think about what the next job is. Think about where it's going to take you long-term. Like, what are your long-term goals? And what's great about Hello Career Guru is you can select that long-term goal and then have that next short-term goal on your lattice of getting that great promotion. How do you deal, or what advice can you give about pitfalls or curveballs that you yourselves have had to manage? Well, that's a good one. I think when you have a curveball come your way, the most important tool that you can have is mentors to help you. Um, And that's sort of what Hello Cool Guru is. We're technically a virtual mentor, but it's also important to have those one-on-one relationships. When things don't go your way, you could reach out to someone and say, I'm dealing with this problem. Please, what is your advice? And that's something that's just really critical right now, also with diversity and inclusion, making sure that all women have the mentors they need to get ahead. And then one other important point I want to point out for getting ahead and when you are hit with curveballs is also make sure you have a sponsor within your organization, someone who can help lift you up and empower you to get to the next role. Well, you can go in and you can even brainstorm about these particular problems. I think that having a mentor and a sponsor can really help you handle those key decisions. And in my career, when I, I always was in, but I you know, certainly took time when I was working part-time, I always had mentors of women within different companies of which I would talk to and ask their advice about what, what was the best next step and what kind of traits did I need to get there and who should I network with or connect with to get to the next level. Great advice. What internal or personal characteristic should you try to develop that will help you? Resilience, persistence, what kinds of things do, should we be working on for ourselves and for our children? Lead stomach. 
<laughs> if I could jump in on this one, only because I feel like it's very timely, as I'm the mother of an 18-year-old going off to college, thinking about the future, is um, two things. And one of them, Susanna, is very, very good at. Um, I, I, I hold her in awe. So the first is, this is not a do-it-yourself scenario. Managing a career and cultivating it requires a village of people. So I think women in particular tend to just sort of like have a do-it-yourself mindset because that's so much of what I think motherhood is. You're just trying to get things done, but you naturally cultivate a village and you realize how critical it is in terms of achieving your objectives, your family's objectives. The same thing applies to work. So talk to people and people will be willing to help. And if they're not, move on. It's not personal. The right. second and related is really building a community over time. And Susanna is the master of this in terms of staying connected, uh, never knowing where what conversation could lead to what opportunity or what connect. And so those would be my two big pieces of advice that I'm actually trying to do and implement every day continuously because I believe them to be true. Well, just to summarize, both of you have hit on so many strong points that are really distilling a lot of conversations we've had here. And one of them, if you're looking to reenter the workforce, Subscribe to journals and publications that are in the industry that you want to reconnect with. Also, staying connected. And one thing we've noticed is sometimes your time out of the workforce can be much longer than you expected. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Tahira Chase, who is the superintendent in Greenberg, she told us she does an annual review and does a blueprint for herself for the year for personal and professional goals. And sometimes when we are take opting out for a period of time, we forget to do that. So maybe it's something to do maybe once a year to say, okay, it might be two years off, but maybe I'll have lunch with such and such who I haven't seen in a while. And you're 100% right. Those personal connections often are the connections that lead to great opportunities. Well, and I had a, a boss um, who I thought was genius. She would send a holiday card to those very people. So at least once a year, she was on their radar. This is The Balanced Dilemma. We're speaking with Susanna Keith and Sonal Ranello of Hello Career Guru. So, Maura, when I was doing some reading recently, there's a great segment that's on LinkedIn called Brave Souls Q&A with Katka Roy. And she had a piece, this is what's really driving the gender gap in STEM. And I can't think of a better place to talk about this than with our two guests, Susanna and Sonal. But really what she said is the this gender gap is the culture in that industry. And there's this, uh, this message that's being told to girls that they're not cut out for STEM. And they've done their research on this. And while 80% of U.S. women in STEM love their jobs, 52% leave. And it's two times faster than men. And you really have to ask yourself, why is this? What, what is the reason for the lack of career growth? Poor, and, and what is it that's encouraging this? And they attribute it to poor management, uh, slow salary growth, and solutions that they offer are getting more women in STEM subjects and that you stop blaming test scores to you know fend off women into the STEM fields. And the fact of the matter is that girls outperform boys in STEM subjects in schooling by 68%. And of the 16-year-old girls versus 65% of the girls had passing scores versus 
in contrast to the male uh, subjects in the math and sciences. But Susanna, we touched upon this earlier. You did women in innovation, and you uh, had a series of speakers on this, and you had a lot of women who were in STEM fields. And what I applaud you on, this was several years ago, and you are already talking about the subjects that some of us had been hiding from, how we're dealing with work-life balance and staying on the job in these areas. For these women, they were in STEM, but really the the messages applied to anywhere you could be working as a woman. And um, why don't you tell us how you got inspired to do that and what some of the outgrowth was? Sure. Well, with STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, you know, I believe that women are just as strong as men in those areas. And I grew up in an environment where I was always encouraged and, and to flourish in those areas. And goodness gracious, look at Sonal. You know, a, a degree in um, aeronautical engineering is amazing. And the dream of being an astronaut is incredible. And I think a lot of us have these dreams within ourselves and we really need to work hard to grow those in our daughters because I, I do believe things are changing. And actually, we recently did a podcast with one of the top CTOs out in the marketplace, um, Nelly Ustoff. And you can find this um, Hello Career Guru Salon on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And she talks about, again, the importance of mentorship in STEM. And that was kind of what we did with the Women in Innovation event as well, as we tried to develop mentors among the women that were in those big roles and what Nelly talks about is when you have a great mentor who can lead you then that really takes down some of the barriers and I do believe as you read the news Google, LinkedIn, Facebook many of the companies are really trying to address Amazon are trying to address some of these big concerns to get more women in the marketplaces and especially girls to have them look at those types of careers that could fit them long term, especially like things like girls who code, women who code. And I would highly recommend that women who are looking to transition back into the workforce look at technology companies because they do have all sorts of roles, not just coding. But they have a reputation for being a man's world or maybe even a boy's world um, and with women detailing experiences with harassment. Is that changing? I think a lot of the companies are really trying hard and they're developing a lot of diversity and inclusion programming as well. Okay. We want to, I really want to hear about this dream of becoming an astronaut, Sonal. (laughs) That has fascinated me. Tell us about that and how close you came and why you didn't. Yeah. So um, I was one of those uh, children who had all kinds of crazy ideas about her future. Um, luckily, I had um, you know an accomplished set of women in my family, so that certainly set a good foundation. Whether I wanted to be an economist or a doctor or you know any number of career choices, mine happened to be that I was going to study aerospace engineering so I could go up in space, but I was going to also go to medical school so I could conduct experiments on behalf of learning for medicine in space. <laughs> So, Sounds um, ambitious. It, you know, it, it was. Um, but honestly, I'm so proud of that little girl for even thinking that big because um, I ended up in a great place in my life. So I, I think that, you know, that it adage, it's like shoot for the, you know, stars and you'll end up in a Literally. good place at the moon kind of a thing. Um, but I think what's really important for me is to understand, 
you know, what's motivating your ambitions? And guess what? That can change. And so one of the things I personally feel I've had to reconcile, and, and Suzanne, I don't know if you would say the same, is, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be hard-charging corporate America. That was the end game. And then can I tell you, I had my first son, and I'd already had a good, a great career when I had him because I had him a little bit later. Um, and he rocked my world in the most wonderful way. And all of a sudden, all these other things also became important, not only to me, but to our family. So women, you may not be on the journey you completely predicted, and that is absolutely okay. If you decide you want to go back to the other journey, there's there's still time. And if you decide you want something else, that's okay. So for me, the big joke in our family now is that civilians can buy tickets to, to go in space. <laughs> space. That was my gift request to my husband. <laughs> right. Um, and my ambitions of going to med school were, were quite simple. Um, well, I still read about medicine. It's something I find very interesting. I'm always digesting articles or talking to people. But for me, being in school for that long and the reality of that, I decided it wasn't the thing for me. So. I changed my mind. You're, re- you're really, again, touching on something we've addressed before. We, we had um, a guest, Eileen DeCostanza, recently who switched to medicine and then decided once her child was born, she took a break. And this her segment coincided with this new book, Mom Genes, which is getting a lot of traction right now and is giving us a pass here that says there's something in us that happens with the process of having children that ties us to our children our children and makes us these mom genes flare up and so maybe we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves but this brings us to um th- the next arena of our personal lives melding with uh business so what i'd like to know is what do you tell your children about how to think about life and balance and do you tell the boys the same thing you tell the girls and vice versa? Most definitely. I think that um, what's really wonderful is the examples that you have in your life. I have a husband who is extremely helpful and the boys see that. They see how my husband makes dinner, how he does pickups. Um, I think one of the blessings of the pandemic has been having everybody in the house the boys are doing their fair of work. They're cooking. They're cleaning. They're all helping. And I and I think it's a great example for your children to see what you're doing and to talk to them about it, whether you're working out of the home, whether you're a mom, whether you're a corporate career woman. It's important to sit down and talk to your children about what work life and balance is and how you find time for them and how they're important. And I, I find I try to share the same thing with both because, you know, our men are going to be the future leaders along with our daughters. And they need to all be sensitive to that. So you're, you're bringing up... Empowering all women. So this is the concept of lead parent. And this is definitely taken on a new discussion in the pandemic where everyone's home together and maybe uh, you're... you're Oftentimes, male counterparts are seeing things they hadn't realized before. But who is the lead parent in each of your homes? And has this changed? And is it a static concept? Or does a project that comes up change who's going to be the lead parent at that time? Sonal? So um, that's a a great question. I have two teenage boys. um, And so I only get a glimpse occasionally into the world of raising girls when I speak with my friends. But... 
I will say to Susanna's point, um, the pandemic, I think I've actually heard from a few families that the children got much greater exposure to what their parents were doing with their days, whether they were at home, working part-time, working full-time. Children don't know, right? They go to school. They don't see everything that goes on behind the scenes, whether it's a parent that's working 10 hours a day on calls constantly or at the computer. They don't see whether it's the person who's making sure that their grocery stock and the house is tidy or doing things to support their older parents, which I have a father a thousand miles away and I every day I am trying to do things on his behalf. And they don't see those things when they're not here. So I think there's been an appreciation in a few families where I've heard this expressed where the kids are like, Mom, I get what you do now. Right. You know, I just want to take a moment to tell listeners, we can be found at thebalancedilemma.com where you can listen to old episodes and sign up for our newsletter, find show announcements, show notes, and other resources. And I, I will add, we will include the book recommendations that we've discussed here today in the show notes. We also can be found on social media at The Balanced Dilemma Podcast and on Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, iTunes, Google, Spotify. But I, I believe you two ladies want to share something about HelloGuru.com. Yes, we would love the opportunity to share about HelloGuru. And again, um, we're so honored to be here today and to talk to your listeners that we would love to offer them a free two-month subscription to Hello Career Guru. And you sign up at HelloCareerGuru.com. You have to do a quick onboarding survey, but then when you get to the payment screen, enter Guru21, and that's capital G-U-R-U-21, and we'd love to have you be part of our community, listen to our podcast, read our blog, and follow us on social media. Thank you. This is Christy Derrico. And I'm Maura Carlin for The Balanced Dilemma.